Okay, we began the discussion last last week about the principle first of does Yiddishkeit accept equality and acceptance of everybody and we explained that we don't. The, there's a definite concept of right and wrong and we don't accept everybody's righteous because that's what they want to do and everybody's equal because everyone has the right to make their own decisions in life. Uh, it's not like that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who created us sets a very definite right and wrong in the world. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu treats the world based on what's right and what's wrong. And when you have such societies like the Daramabal or like the Stom or whatever it is, so then the whole society gets punished. And therefore we don't just give a blanket level that yes, everyone can do what they want. We don't have an opinion on what other people do and we accept everybody for what they are because uh, we know, number one, that's not true. There isn't there is an objective right and wrong. It isn't that everybody is able to do what they want without any, without any ramifications. And number two, it affects us. Okay, so that's the background. What do we do about it? So now, again, the MS, and this is for us, the MS is it depends when. It's clear that at a time when Klai Yisrael had the ability to enforce Shmir Satari, they would do that. And uh, there was a basin, and there was a system, and the job, the, the job of the Dayanim, or the Shaitrim, was to enforce the people kept the Torah. There wasn't such a concept of people not, not keeping the Torah, and that's okay, because if that's what you decide, we're okay with that. No, we're not okay with that. But today, when we don't have the option of enforcing the Torah in the same way, so that that's okay, so then we have to work with the tools we have today. So the tools we have today is to try and convince people of the value of keeping Torah, and try and explain to them why it's worth their while to keep Torah, and whatever it is. But the, 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 goal, the principle is the same even if the method is different. And the principle is we don't uh, accept that people are free to do what they want and then that's fine if you want to do something different to the Torah. That's acceptable if you want to live some other kind of a lifestyle. It's not okay. We can't, the, the way to, we, because we feel like that is what pushes us to try and change people. Because we feel that it's not okay and we want, and we want people to get better is it pushes us to try and convince them or try and encourage them to change. But uh, if a person would just accept and that's like everybody's fine as they are, then really there's no reason to change anybody. Everything's okay. So really, the, the, whatever the means we have to accomplish the goal of trying to bring people to do the right thing, we're going to employ because it's coming from a very clear understanding that there's right and wrong and we want people to do what's right. And it affects us. It affects us not just in the fact that we want to punish people. It affects us that we want, we're willing to extend ourselves and use our resources and our time and our effort to try and convince people because it's important to us that other people should do the right thing too. That's the background. Now, the next part of is not just knowing the Hashkafa, but like we spoke about previously, is how to answer questions on us. So this is the area where there are going to be lots and lots of questions, ranging from, like we said, all, all, all through, Mukhachim, Russia, Time and Shani, the additional questions. And because this is something which has become very much part of the Western mindset of common of today's culture, and that is that some, that everything's okay, everything's acceptable, and uh, the more left-wing people are, the more they're willing to embrace anything which a person wants to do because it's all good. It's all good, and we're not judgmental, and we accept everybody, and they can do what they want, and we're not going to impose our, our opinions or our views on anybody else. And uh, that, that's become more and more embedded in people's minds that to think differently they consider it is, is violating a basic principle of humanity that we're meant to be accepting. Okay.
So, where's the question? So, so let's deal with the questions. Uh, and again, based on where the question is coming from. There's the first question, is always the Chachim question, and the person wants to understand. The person wants to understand is either from, let's say, what we call the moral perspective, which means, why do you have a right to tell me what to do? And explain to me, well, how can you decide that this is the right thing to do, and you want other people to listen to you when other people think a different thing is the right thing to do? What gives you the moral ground to, so to speak, insist that other people listen to you? We already is answered that. Anyway, in Israel, Where's around the world. Sorry? What's happening in Matthias? What's happening in Matthias? If that's the position we have, then people are going to say, you, you, you claim everybody should be like you. You claim there's something wrong with what people do not like you. What's wrong with it? You want to do like this, you don't want to do like that. What gives you the right to, so to speak, decide what, what they should or shouldn't be doing? And the answer is exactly the point we said before. We explained it's not us that made the that we, it's not us that made the rules, and it's not our mindset or worldview we're trying to impose on other people. If a person's a mammon and he knows that Hakadosh Baruch was in charge, Hakadosh Baruch made the rules, so we're just following the rules he made. And in those areas, and this is important to us, in those areas where there aren't rules from Hashem, so then it's taka true. We shouldn't be imposing our our opinion on other people. If it doesn't, it's not something which is coming from the Torah or coming from the halacha. So that's hundred percent right. Well, that's something which we should let people to do what they want. It isn't an area where, uh, because I want things a certain way, I feel a certain way, means that somebody else who doesn't agree with me, I look down on them or I consider them to be wrong. Because that's not something which has the uh, empirical objective of this is what HaKadosh Baruch said. Obviously, again, the, the reason I take it root with the person who's a serious questioner is because that's opening the discussion to discuss Simona. Which means if you're saying that it's not us that, makes the, the, that determines what's right and wrong, Basically, Hashem determined that, and he's, he can decide because he created the world. So that opens up the discussion of how can we prove it as Hashem, and how do we know He gave us the rules, which is exactly where we want to go, because that's our way to convince somebody of the Torah. Hundred percent. Let's go for that. So explain how, how we know how we know we got the Torah as compared to other religions, and this is this is exactly where, where if for the serious question, that's exactly where we want to direct the discussions to. Because you're much more interested in, and this is just, again, a general principle, which I should have said at the beginning. The point of answering questions isn't really to provide entertainment. The point of answering questions is to bring people to, to the side of Emunah you want to get them to. And if that's the case, any question which is going to lead a person in the direction of, so can you, can you prove to me the Torah? Can you prove to me there's Hashem? Can you show me that He's watching over me? Do I know that there's a system of justice in the world? That's very good. That's where we want things to go to, because that's where we're going to, so to speak, in, uh, in convince somebody of our position rather than trying to defend us against what they, what they hold not like us we want to bring it to place so we can convince them of what we, what, we, what we understand and what we know is right and that's what's going to make a difference then so again for the serious question how do you have a right to make decisions how can you categorically say other people are wrong good it's because we're not, it's not our decision it's not our system it's Hashem's system we're faithfully following the rules that the creator put in place how do you know who told you Wonderful. Let's talk about Matan Torah. If they happen to know about the Rabbanon. They normally won't, but it doesn't make a difference because part of our Emunah in Torah is in Torah Shabbat And then once again, we will get to that. We can explain it very nicely, very convincingly, the concept of Torah Shabbat And they're there also. And uh, if the person is really serious, this is one of the best ways to bring them to a different, to a different uh, way of seeing things. In other words, if they really want to know what we hold, okay, we'll explain it. And if people are going to say that, how do you th- why do you think your of, interpretation of Judaism is right? I feel this is right, reconstructionist is right, reform is right, conservative is right, whatever it's going to be. Okay, if the person's really serious, let's discuss it. 
I'll explain it to you. And once a person's willing to listen, we can do that very well. Just like if a person's going to come with a different religion. Why do you think Judaism is more correct than Islam or Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism, whatever it's going to be? If the person really wants to listen, no problem. That gives us the platform to what we want to really do and explain him on. Does this all apply to, for example, parties passing laws in Israel to protect Shabbos? Is that Do we include that in the So once again, like I said at the beginning, we don't like to include... Uh, topics which relate to people as opposed to relate to the Torah. We can, our job is to, defend, is to defend the Torah, our job is to represent Hashem. He was going to say, well, why did this person do this and why did that person do that? That's not so much, that's not so much our discussion. We're not there, we're not their spokesperson. If you're asking, is it the correct thing in Israel to, to make laws which, so to speak, compel everybody to follow what you want them to do and they want to do differently, so then yes, it comes back to the same principle. And it comes with the same principle, and that is that if we feel that we're all, we're all in this together, and when one person does affect somebody else, and then of course, if we think it's a right and a wrong, if we think it's a right and a wrong, so then of course we want everyone to do what's right. And it's not just, uh, it's not just uh, in a theoretical way, it makes a difference to us. Now, in Israel though, you're normally going to get the question, not as a, as a person who really wants to understand, things are much more charged here. Uh, politically, and therefore here you're more likely to get the Russia question. And that's not just I explained, I want to understand. Rather, it's like, it's like it comes with a more mili- there are a few Russia questions which could be asked. Let's go through them one by one. The first one is the person who takes the more militant attitude, and that is, how dare you tell me what to do? You live your life, you leave me alone to live mine. And what right do you have to get involved in what I want to do and make laws which impede my freedom? Or don't let me do what I want to do? And what's the answer to that? Normally, these are the same, uh, like, so to speak, people who are always clamoring for allowing everything, breaking down any kind of rules. But it's interesting, normally these are the same people, I'm just putting this in observation, who are the ones who are at the forefront of protecting the, uh, the ozone and protecting the climate and protecting the universe and everything else. And you're going to turn the question around and say, you tell me that I can't use CFCs, I can't pollute the environment. What do you care I want to run a factory in my backyard and make smoke, which is, what do you care? It's my yard, I can do what I like. And the answer is, they're going to tell you, because you're running the world. Right? So it's affecting all of us. It's losing up natural resources, and it's destroying the ozone layer, and it's killing the whales, or whatever it's doing. Right? Okay, so you have your religion, I have mine. You think that it's important to save the world, and you want to compel me to listen to what you want me to do, because you think that I'm causing damage to the world? Good. I think it's exactly the same thing. And I think that this... I my science. Right? I can back it up okay, good. So if you're going that route, then you're going to tell me what? Fantastic. Let's go that route. If you're going to tell me, how do you know that? Are you just that? Okay, I'll explain it to you. But if it's going to be the attack question, then it's, what right do you have to tell me what to do? I say, one second. And what right do you have to decide rules which you think are, are, are saving the planet, but then you're going to impose them on me? It's the same idea. You feel that something which I'm doing which is going to affect you gives you the right to have a stand. So I feel exactly the same way. Something which you do which affects me, I also feel I have the right to have a stand. Let's just, could, you might give me another example. Let's say they're not an environmentalist. Let's say they're something else. Whatever it's going to be, it's very rare that you get the person, and we'll talk about this, the logic in a second. The, the, the people who have a strong opinion are very unlikely to be pure pacifists. We'll talk about them next. Normally, the people who have a, their, their own opinion and their own agenda, and that's what drives them to fight it because they don't like my agenda, they want to impose this. So if it's not environmentalism, it's something else. Whatever it's going to be. So you can say, whatever area, whatever the area is that they feel strong enough that they want to, they want to you know, protest for and they want to impose what they want, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. Now, yeah? Rabbi phrases as the Russia's question, but 
seemingly it's not really a question. We're more just getting to fight back with you. No, so if, really once again, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying again. If a person has, wants to tell me and make a statement to me, okay, he's allowed to talk, I'll listen. Thank you for telling me your opinion. There's nothing more for me to say. If a person's asking the question, and, you know, and, he's, and he's not, he wants an answer, and his question is, why do you think you have the right to tell us what to do? So I'll tell you why I think I have the right, because just like you feel that people who, uh, I use environmentalism as an example, but any other, anything else, traffic rules. Do you think traffic rules should be enforced? Do you think traffic rules should be enforced? I want to drive 200 miles an hour. you telling me what to do. This is my car. I'll do what I like. What right do you have to tell me what to do? And how you? Then you're going to find me and put me in jail for doing what I wanted? How, how dare you? And what's the answer? And that is because you're endangering everyone else on the road. So then we have a right to stop what you're doing because you, we feel that you're endangering us. It's okay. So then you, you accept the principle. There isn't absolute freedom. You're accepting the principle that if you consider me endangering you, you have the right to stop me. It's always like that. The Rosh always will come to Hakashin Hashina. The if he's interested in that, but sometimes he's not. But the, the, the answer we've given, the principle is there. Now, does he want to become the Chacham and want to understand us? Fine. And if not, at least he understands it, what, what, what the response to that is. That's so. something that he's not interested at all. It's like, why don't you just, just yelling at you get out of my business? Then it's that again, as we called before. If it's not a question, I don't need to answer. So, what's the response? What? So You're entitled to your opinion? You're asking me for my opinion. You want to tell me your opinion? Okay, thank you for sharing it with me. So when it comes to national law, um, there are certain things that we all kind of subscribe to by being part of a country where you have to observe the laws to get the benefits also of the law. So uh, that would seem to be a good kasha. If, if you brought up this whole thing about following the law, they, they could say that's because you know, you're part of this country and if you want to get the benefits of the country, you also have to... It gets me exactly the same way. You're a citizen of this world. If you want to get the benefits of this world, then you have to abide by the rules. Meaning, they won't hold that, but they'll understand that that's how you view it. Like that's what I said before. Right. If they want to understand me, I'll explain it. If they, if they don't want to understand me, they just want to know what my position is. I'll tell them my position. My position. The, ne- the next question will be, are they going to debate that with me and say, well, who says there are rules for this world? And who says that you have to subscribe? To okay, that's the Torah. We'll explain it. But if a person doesn't want to know it, they just want to leave it with the fact of uh, what right do we have to try and impose a on other people, you do exactly the same thing. Whenever a person feels that they have something to lose or gain, what other people are doing, they're going to try and impose what they want on someone else. You have to use law, then the far left will try and impose laws on other people, not just right. constructs. Exactly. Exactly. They'll force it and they'll, they'll want to punish people. Don't listen to them because it's like they're doing the same they'll thing. Use law as a right. yeah. They're doing exactly the same thing. I don't know if this is the Matthias, but the question is let's say pushing for not having public transportation in the neighborhood where everyone's fried and Causing and making no politicization just makes people more frustrated with the people. So Again, I'm not taking a political stance. I'm explaining the principle. The principle of why we would want other people to keep it. Why, does the, why do you care if someone says you keep Shabbos? So that's the answer. Now, what's the right way to go about it? That's a different question. Now, then if, that, that, if that would be the question which is asked, then again, we're not going to necessarily support the Haredi politicians, which listen to Dastar. And what the Dastar decided, that's what, we're going to, that's what we're going to understand first and try and explain. No, no, we don't, we don't support people. We support the concept. What's right and wrong. Now, the second Russia question is going to be, is the question of the person who is the, the real pacifist. Uh, there are not so many of them, because they aren't, aren't likely to be confrontational. But uh, if someone who is like that, so they're going to say that, no, we, we have, we absolutely not, there shouldn't be any rules, everyone should really be free to do what they want. No, why should we 
why should we try and stop somebody from if that's what they want to do leave them alone and the the best answer to somebody who has that tendency is well this was tried a few times in history it never worked the best example I would give is the Prime Minister of England before the Second World War a gentleman called uh, Neville Chamberlain that he decided that you know Hitler is very aggressive so he just has to give him whatever he wants and not and just everything in order to preserve peace and whatever person wants to say, says, just, we, go, we don't want to make... The, the primary goal is not to argue with anybody and not to disagree with anybody and not, definitely not to fight with anybody. Therefore, just give them to whatever they want, whatever they want. It's, it's all good. It it's, it makes peace. And it doesn't. It doesn't. We already know this from the Pasuk in Tehillim. Peace has to be a two-way street, which means both people are interested in peace as a goal. Then we can find the terms of the peace. We can find, we can find the terms to compromise on. But if one person is a pacifist, another person is not interested in giving in on anything. So then it's just a question of, giving, of there's, there's no end. You're basically going to do whatever they want because there's, there's never going to be a point which a person is willing to stake a stand for. So then that's, that's allowing everything to happen. I can never stop anybody because I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to ever be confrontational. And therefore the idea of that pacifism brings peace, it, never, it doesn't. It, it works if two parties want to make peace. If one person has what they gets what they want the whole time, they'll just want more. It's very simple. If no one's going to oppose them, they'll, they'll ask for more as well, which is exactly what happened there. Like I said, the way that Hitler got everything he wanted because he saw everything he asked for, he was given straight away. So ask for more, and ask for more, and ask for more. And it's the same thing with anybody. The, the, the one way pacifism is basically a capitulation. It's not, it's not making peace, it's basically letting the other person do what they want. And it's the same thing, and this is an important point. It's the same thing when, when this question gets asked. Now, that's the background. The question is going to get asked like this. And that is, you're so strict. And you have so many rules. Why don't you just compromise a bit? Why don't you just compromise a bit? Is that another question? No, this is the way the question is going to get asked. And that is, okay, you understand, fine. You, want, you meant to make rules, you want to. But so many, and at every single point, like, be a bit more compromising, be a bit more willing to negotiate, be more flexible. Why so? And the answer to that is, it doesn't work because there's no one interested in compromising the other way. Which means it's not like the other person says, you know, I'd really love to keep Shabbos, but this is a bit too hard for me. Let's make up Shabbos. They don't want to do anything. A person doesn't want to keep anything. So the more you compromise, the more they're going to get away with. And that's exactly what happened to Reform and Conservative. And every movement within Judaism who began the process of trying to compromise, like Rabbi Khan Vassim writes this already over 100 years ago, he wrote, there's no compromise. It's a one-way street. It's just a question of giving in more and more and more. Which is, if you look what happened, exactly what happened to all these, all these movements. And that is, what they originally started off is very, very, very far from where they are today. But if the process is, we have to compromise, so we have to compromise more, and we have to compromise more, and we have to compromise more, until eventually you've given up everything. And therefore, besides the fact that it's not our turn to compromise, which is another point I'm going to talk about next, the first point is, compromise works when two people are looking for a solution, and we're going to find something in the middle which works for both of us. But firstly, you're not, if you're talking about somebody who has a very strong opinion of what they want, and it's just a question of working step by step to get there, then there's no compromise. We can understand Merosh. It's not that the people are agreeing on something, it's a question of how many times it's going to take me to give in step by step until I'm giving them exactly what they want. What about it? That's a little bit different, and we'll talk about it separately. If it's, uh, and the reason I don't want to go into it now is because you have to break it down into different factions, even in the thought, in the Mahshav of Mizrahi movement, what you call. 
and uh, the ones who more from I didn't compromise in Torah at all. The ones who less compromise in everything. It's a, they're there also. The principle is true. When a person is going to the of, into the path of I'm willing to compromise in order to placate somebody else who doesn't want to compromise, so I'll never get anywhere. It's like I have to deal with the Arabs today. If you think that they want Ramadan in Gaza, and you say, okay, of course, of course, we'll go to them. They're not going to be satisfied with that, and they want the next thing. You give them a course, of course, they also want that, and the next thing. There isn't, a, there isn't a, a pacifism, which means just giving into what else, someone else's wants, isn't going to make a middle ground. It basically means you accept what the other person wants to do. And you're not willing to stand up for what you want, you're just going to give into everything. So, just getting it clear, this Russia, the pacifist, is not going to actually say, like, leave everyone alone. He's going to say something more like, be flexible, compromise? Either. So we've answered both of those. If it's to leave everybody alone, the answer is that, that you understand yourself, that if, it's going to, if everyone's going to do what they want, so then society is going to fall apart. If, if everyone left to their own devices, and with no rules, and everyone's free to do what they want, there'll be no society. Because I can, then what's it to protect any individual from what everyone else wants to do? And if the question is, well, why don't we make compromises? Then, like we said, compromising isn't an answer. Compromising is a, just a step-by-step capitulation. Now, and then it goes back to that's the simple answer to the Russian. The depth of this really is, and then that's an important point. There isn't a room to compromise because no one asked us to negotiate. Again, we're going back to the Soviet side of us. If this was our what, what we wanted, and because this is what we want, so now we have a certain position. We say, listen. Be willing to compromise your position to make peace with somebody else. Maybe it's what to talk about. But our whole moral right to say what we want is right is because that's what Hashem said. And if that's the case, who asked you to compromise what Hashem said? We, we don't have the authority to do that. And if that's the case, even if Louis had said there would be a, an interest on both sides of coming to a solution, it's not, it's not ours to compromise. And Berega, and this is an important point, Berega, we start to compromise, we lose the whole uh, integrity of what we're trying to say. The whole, the whole rationale for what we're trying to say is we're following Hashem's system. We don't decide and we aren't the ones who can make the decisions and we're not trying to impose our view on other people. This is Hashem's system. And if that's the case, as soon as you compromise that, then you've lost, you've lost the moral right to say that. Who told you to compromise what Hashem said? If you said it, that's right. You're not in the position to, to, you're not in the position to negotiate that. So that's, that's the second point, uh, which is maybe the deeper point to explain this idea. Now, can you put that across? It depends on the audience. Depends on the audience. Uh, and uh, the way to explain this, tachlis, either to use examples from history, either to use examples from history, and I think that the example of, uh, like I said, uh, the British and Hitler is a very good example. But you can other examples of that also. And that is, what the, where was the compromise? What, one person was willing to give in, and what did the other person want to give in? Nothing. He just, went, he just went step by step. And you see, in every situation, if, if a person is, the one person who's not the pacifist, he wants what he wants, and he's going to fight and fight till he gets it, the more other people are, aren't willing to stand up against it, the more they're going to give in to it. And uh, again, once again, you don't need to look very far. You can look at the moral world today, as far as morality goes, as compared to 50 years ago. There's no compromises. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and people do more and more and more and more what they want. Why? Because they don't stood up against it. So, of course, it is a step-by-step process of what people were willing to allow. And, then, and not, of course, you have to accept everyone and then willing to allow the next step. And you have to accept it and then willing to allow the next step. It's, it's not a point of that, uh, that there's, a, so to speak, an agreement which is going to be reached. It means that whatever, whatever, that, whatever is, somebody is going to want, they're going to, they're, then you're going to allow them to do. It basically means bringing things down to the lowest common denominator. 
as long as it's, if there are those people who want something, we have to do it to them. So then the lowest possible level is going to be, that's where we start. Because there's, there's, no, there's no stop on the way. Reform started off thinking they're going to change the Nusach of the Tefillah from Aramaic to German. The, the original reformers never imagined that one day their congruence will all be going. But that's the, that's the route you go. Where, where, where at Berega you're going to be the pacifist. You're going to give up more and more. There's nothing, to hold, there's nothing to stop you giving up more and more until you give up everything. Okay, there's one more argument I want to talk about. This is probably the hardest one to argue. And again, it's the Russia question. But uh, this is something which you need an answer. And the answer is going to be, the question is going to be, and that is, someone's going to turn around to you and say, you Jews gain the most from the fact that people are pacifists. Because if everybody was going to be, you know, fight for what they think is right, then you're going to have the crusades again. And then you're going to get Christians going around saying, if you don't convert to our religion, we're going to kill you. They're fighting for their beliefs, they're fighting for their system, and they're not going to accept anybody who's not like them. And you're going to suffer the most from that. And it's the other way around. If it's going to be the Muslims who are going around calling jihad on any infidel, then again, then you're going to suffer the most. And therefore the system that you think is the right system of standing up for what you hold is right and not being accepting is really the system which is going to be self-destructive. Because when the world was like that, so then the Jews suffered much more. So we should see value in the fact that there's a much more accepting society and that people can walk around with shrimals and say no one says a word to them and people can openly keep mitzvahs and nobody takes any offense because it's part of the general world of accepting everybody and except any mishagas in the world they'll accept Jews as well and if the world's not going to be like that then they're going to fight us as well we're still here and the people that are pacifists they're not so what's the way to answer the question what's the way to answer the question yeah I guess that question I want to leave because I'm going to get there when I talk about the question of um, why were the Nazis wrong, which is an important question to talk about, as something which a lot of us don't want to don't even want to think about the option. But let me say, if you're going to answer questions, it's the question you're going to get, and that is they had an ideology, they believed they believed in what they were doing. Why were they wrong? But we'll leave it for a different time. It's a question I want to answer. It's an important to answer, but I want to go into, it needs in the background. I want to get there now. But this is the question, and that is what, that, uh, that you, know, you, can't, you, you have to also see a value in acceptance because that's where we get accepted too. Now you're going to answer the question. Now, this makes a very big difference to your audience because there's more than one way to answer the question, but you have to, and they're both true. But maybe I'll get to a third way. The, all the ways that we can answer questions again, we're not going to make things up which aren't true. They're all true. Because the question is, uh, based on who's asking the question, is what's the mahalak which is going to get accepted? Which is going to get understood from the vantage point of the person asking the question. So, uh, let's give the option of who the questioner might be. And then, based on that, what's the right way to, to answer it? What's the right way to address it? Okay, so, if the question, and most often, will be, a, let's say, a Christian. And he's going to say to you that, that uh, the fact that we should all be much more accepting of each other and much more tolerant of each other. And you see, we've changed a lot. We're not doing crusades anymore and burning people at the stake. Right? So we should also be much more accepting of people. Uh, so what's the way, well, that's where the question is coming from. So what's the way to answer it? So here we have two options. The first option is, and that is that we are agreeing on the point of we're not going to try it and, and, and uh, go to war to change the world by force. It doesn't mean we don't hold there's a right and a wrong. 
and there's a way to convince people what's right and wrong without going to conduct crusades or massacres, whatever else it is. So, if, if that's where the question is coming from, the person can say, 100%. You don't agree that, you also don't agree that we, what we need to do is uh, forcibly uh, like attack people and kill people, whatever else it's going to be. We can still hold that we're right, and we're happy to explain to people why we think we're right. And uh, the answer to that is going to be to your Christian, and this is why that's the way to answer him, because they still believe in sending missionaries to try and convince people that they're right. It's not that they've accepted that no, no, there's no right and wrong, we don't have to try and convince other people. Just the, the, the method of trying to force people with the sword and the, and the, and the hangman doesn't work. So you're going to say? You, you also agree that you have a certain basis when you're trying to convince other people of, okay, we, we, we don't believe your method was ever right, but the idea that you're trying to, you, you believe in what you're doing and you want to convince other people, we, we hold to that too. What about if they respond back, well, don't, don't you believe in your, your army? Like I said, that we're going to talk about separately. They aren't always separately. The concept of a Malek and killing a Malek, and well, that, that's a separate discussion. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Well, no. What he's saying is that, even, again, given where they're coming from, and that is today, they also believe that they're at, they try to convince people, they just don't kill people, so we're exactly in the same position. We are, we're not looking to kill anybody, but it's just like you believe you're at, and you're trying to convince other people, you send missionaries around the world trying to convince people you're at. We think we're at. And if someone can ask us, we'll explain to them, well, we think we're at. It doesn't mean that you've, because you've given up the method of force, means you've given up the principle. Now, as I said, it depends who you're speaking to. If you're speaking to the Christian, that's the answer, because again, it's the answer to him, because they, they still do believe in trying to convince people of what they want. It's not because they've given up the principle. It's the method doesn't work. If you're speaking to somebody who's not religious in their own right, and they're just proving it that you see religion is violent, and, and you're going to get the question like that also, and that religion is by definition violent, and people who are religious try and force other people and kill other people to keep their religion, and uh, therefore he's much rid of no religion, and it's much safer for everybody. Nobody is getting all worked up and committing acts of mass murder or things in the name of religion. And they're going to point you, look at the Arabs. They go around in the name of religion, killing people. So it's much better not to have religion. You're not, you're not going to be worked up to go and kill people. That's not a religious thing. Uh, no, one, no one's saying it's a religion. They're going to, if they're going to bring a proof, they're going to bring it from all the, not just in Israel, around the world. All the Arabs are going to kill themselves and kill other people for the sake of religion. You see, it's a dangerous thing. It's a bad thing. Now, what's the answer to that? So here we have to, that's what I said. The, answer is, the principle is the same. You have to answer it differently because you're talking to a different audience. So what's the, what's the response to somebody who's going to come like that? And the, really the response is, and again, that, that same idea is religion is bad. Because, look, when people fight for religion, they kill people, they, they, they impose their will by force, oil they blow people up. People fight for oil. Sorry? So what's the answer to that? What's the answer to that? So, and if you, look, you see people who don't have this like, drive to kill other people in the name of their religion, so they're, they're, they're much less violent people. And the answer to that is, the answer to that is, you're looking at the wrong example. You're looking at the wrong example. Because we don't kill people in the name of Yiddishkeit. We don't go around committing crusades and pogroms and anything else. And that is, if you're looking at a, a religion which we can agree on is not the right way to express religion. We don't have to defend the Arabs, we don't have to defend the Christians. We agree they were 100% wrong. There's no justification attacking people just don't, because they don't believe in your value system for nothing. For nothing. And uh, 
again, again, as Jews, we don't have an Indian to go and kill the guy and we don't become Indian. Sorry? If there is a case of a guy's Chayav Mesa, there's a court system and he has to get judged and he has to get this passed and he has to get killed by the court. The idea of everyone sharpening their swords is just to go around killing people we don't do. Oh, we, we'll, they, okay, we'll talk about that. That's war. It's a different story. It's a, war we'll talk about as well. That's a different discussion. But as imposing religion, no, we, that wasn't. We, so we can agree 100%. We can agree 100%. And that is if that, uh, that the idea that people use religion as a way to go out and attack other people or kill other people and they're not accepting of. We don't have to accept. We don't have to kill. The examples you're going to give from other religions that do that, we don't accept that. They might argue more nuanced point that religion leads to death. Not necessarily that we're killing people. So they'll say that because the Jews want Israel and the Muslims don't want Jews to have Israel, people die. That's, uh, that, is that's much die. more, but unfortunately, that's more political than religious. Because it's not, the Jews who want Israel isn't because this is a religion. Most of them aren't religious at all. It's because it's political. This is their country. It's not, it's not a religious thing. You can't differentiate that, that, that due to religion, Israel... Due to a, a religion, we have no mitzvah in we have no mitzvah in religion to kill babies or to, to fight for Israel. It's a completely political question. And it's a question of safety. Just like if you're being attacked somewhere else in the world, there's a question of what's the right or wrong thing to do to protect yourself. That's a different question. It's not a religious thing. It's a differentiate. It's one's under the other one. I'm not I'm, I want to say again, I'm not I'm not I'm not justifying or demonizing Israel and fighting Arabs. Uh, that's not relevant. The question is, is religion something which leads to, which be, because it makes people uh, very, very, so to speak, um, convinced that they're right and everyone else is wrong, and therefore it leads to bloodshed and it leads to people killing each other, and whereas people assume acceptance does, doesn't do that, so then you have to, the argument is, and I'll say it again, and that is, you ring a riot from the wrong religion. We don't believe in as part of our religion means you have to go and dominate other people and force them to listen to us and kill them if they don't. And we never did do that. We never did do that. I'm not talking about the Kibosh of Eretz Israel. That's a question. If someone would ask that historically, we can explain. Conquest of countries is a different story. But that's not what we're going into right now. But in the time of David Melech, he didn't go around killing people just because they weren't Jews. And in the times when Jews had an upper hand wherever it was going to be in the time of the Second Messiah, Which is he did? Again, that's what the based in and it's a court system and if you're going to argue about is there value to having a court system and why does it advocate capital punishment you can talk about that we will talk about that it's a separate topic we're talking now about the idea is that religion leads to non-acceptance non-acceptance leads to violence and we don't agree with that chain we don't have to accept it doesn't have to lead to violence Okay, so that's, a, that's the Russia question is coming from the non-believer we said the Russia question can come from the Christian and the answer we're going to give him is it, what you're doing wrong before we don't agree with what you're doing today is what we're doing to the non-believer the answer to that is you don't equate every religion the fact that there were religions who turned violent and went around to kill everybody didn't accept what they wanted them to accept no, that's not the kind of uh, what we say when we don't accept somebody means therefore we're going to act on our own and go and wipe them out and this is an important point to remember Alpitara there is a place for going in the world just because they, don't, they aren't the same as doesn't mean we have to wipe them out there is a place for going in the world both Christianity and Islam don't really believe that. They don't really believe there's a place for non-believers in the world, and the question is what they're able to do to, to, to about those other people, but they don't accept it. Not everybody's meant to be a Jew, on the contrary. They're meant to be goyim, and they can, we, we have no problem with that. We're not going to try and change them. Again, there's a difference between goyim and non-believers. Non-believers do have an issue. Goyim that believes, but is living, is, 
in a certain upshoot of sort of you, you have the, the nation itself, and you, it's like you have the, the ministers and you have the royal guard, and then you have the regular army. We spoke about That's that. That's how yes. we feel about uh, a guy who's completely non-believing. We do have an issue with that. What are we going to do about it? In the time of when we'd have a Besden, no, we won't do anything. If a guy is worshiping of a desire, if a guy is worshiping of a desire, we'll kill him. When it's based in, we'll explain why. But if a guy doesn't believe in anything, he doesn't know anything. So, he lives his life like a primitive uh, person from those times who never thought about it, and never went into it. We're not going to give him. We have to, have to, to force him one or the other way. Okay, it's a different question. That's, uh, we'll talk about that. But I'm saying it's not a question of he has to believe what you want him to believe. As long as they're not doing what against what the rules that there are in place, leave them alone. I'm going back to what I said before. There's a court system. If you want to explain the terrorist court system, we'll talk about that. It's, it's never something which uh, uh, unacceptance means that we are going to have a mob mentality and you're going to go up and you're going to like, uh, go around killing people randomly who don't agree with us. And you can't do it to people who go or any other very either. It has to go through the system. There has to be a base, and there has to be witnesses, and there has to be a sack. And, uh, and now you're going to ask, why does, as I said, why does the Torah allow capital punishment and for what offenses? We'll talk about that separately. That's a different discussion. What we're talking about now is a general pe- question of acceptance, and the, argue, the question we came to, we're coming to answer is that non-acceptance of everybody leads to bloodshed, leads to violence. And the answer is it doesn't have to. As a, as a person who's not a judge, and especially at a time when the Torah doesn't allow us to go around executing justice on people, so then we're not going, if we don't, we don't accept somebody, it doesn't mean we're going to try and kill him. By, by near the Dachas, for example, even if not everyone's Eber, Abedazar, but most of the cities, Eber, Abedazar, the whole city gets killed. No, that's Shalom. It's not true. It's the first in the mission. Only people of Abedazar get killed. Not the whole city? No, we don't kill an innocent person. Again, it's not on a wide, on a wide scale, but we do have a thing where all of a sudden there's no basin, there's no system. It's a good question. Let's, uh, uh, you're right. If someone would know enough, we'd have to answer it here. Maybe we have a question. We're another time. Next week we'll start with that question. It's a great question. I'll explain it. But I just want to finish this question. And that is a question which is coming from the fact of you gain from the fact that there isn't, there isn't a, that, that atmosphere of everybody fighting for their believers right in the world because otherwise you wouldn't be accepted either. So we said, the third, the third kind of question I was going to ask that is, and this is the mo- very common, is the secular Jew. They're going to ask that question, they're going to say, we're much better off in a world where people aren't so violently religious or fanatical because we don't get punished that way. We're not going to get hurt. So I can live with my non-Jewish neighbors and they're always thinking about how they're going to like, unleash a pogrom on me or whatever else is going to be. And it's much better off that people aren't, aren't, uh, aren't fanatic about what the whole is right and they're much more accepting. And the answer to that, and I'm saying again, you have to have the right audience. But the answer to that is, the answer to that is, and that is 100. percent It's very good that the guy might fanatical because they're fanatical on something which was wrong. And if that's the case, we'd much rather not have people who are fanatical about the wrong things. Does that mean that we, we, if we if we have a, a strong opinion about something which is right, we shouldn't feel that we that this is something we write about and we should feel strongly about it? No. If a person has strong feels strongly about the wrong thing, it's a problem. Especially if they're going to, it's going to affect me. But it doesn't mean it's wrong to feel strongly about things. The question is what, if, what, 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 what it is that a person has that, so to speak, fanaticism about. And therefore we're going to agree, 100%. The, the, the people who are that strongly, 
uh, Christians or Muslims or communists or whatever else it's going to be, that they are willing to go and kill other people for it. We don't want that kind of fanaticism. It's not the right thing, 100%. If the alternative to that is that people are more accepting, we're very happy about that. But does that mean as a principle that it's wrong to feel strongly about anything? No. And then we, just like you can, normally people like that, you can explain to them that there's some things that it's right to feel strongly about. Let's say, is, is it right to feel strongly about the value of life? And because of that, I want to uh, force uh, legislation to protect people's lives, whatever it's going to be. You'll agree with me. There are some things that's worth feeling strongly about. And therefore, the answer, again, is always the same answer. You can't put everything together. You can't put the fact that everything's either in the question of it's always right to be, have, be unaccepting or, or you have to always be a pacifist. No, it's not true. It depends what it's about. There's some things which we, 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 which we think are good things, and therefore it's good that a person feels strongly about them and will fight for that. Uh, just, and people like that normally just mention the word social justice. Is it the right thing to fight for? They'll tell you yes. Is it the right thing to fight for Christianity and cause pogroms? They'll tell you no. So the answer isn't given to you. And that is, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an all or nothing question. It's not a question of, it's always right to feel, uh, to feel uh, like accepting or always right to feel non-accepting. If the thing you're feeling is that, you, that, you, that you're fighting for is right, then it's the right thing to be strong, to have a strong opinion about it. Try and make it happen. If what you're fighting for is wrong, then it's much better people don't fight for that. The question is going to be asked, who decides what's right and what's wrong? Okay, it's going to bring us to where you started. Let's discuss it. That brings us back to the, the starting point of explaining our position. Why yeah. can't you argue with a secular Jew that the Messias nowadays, the societies that are more religious, are actually far more accepting of Jews than the, the modern liberal societies? The liberal societies in the world are making it more difficult to be religious nowadays, where devout Christian countries, or some extent Muslim countries, it's very easy to be a from religious Jew, no one bothers you, and the values of the country are actually more susceptible to a good deal of that's, that's a, a true point, but that wasn't the question. The question was comparing acceptance. You said that when Christians are more accepting, it's better than when Christians are more fanatic. But the most accepting societies in the world are actually less accepting of Judaism. You're right, but that wasn't the point which was being asked. The point was, was it better when people are more uh, extreme or more accepting? And you see, when people were more extreme, so then they, they they were more likely to attack you. And the answer is, of course, extremism for the wrong thing is wrong. But it doesn't mean all extremism, if it's for the right thing, it's not wrong. So now you're about religion level, just about level of caring. Now you're going to argue over what, what liberalism today, what, what the dangers of liberalism, that's a separate discussion, 100%. They definitely downsize the liberalism. There wasn't the benefit of just a general reduction in the level of caring. It's, it's much better if everyone's accepting than when everybody is uh, extreme. Yeah. And the answer is it depends for who. If you're extreme about a good thing, which is the answer we said, it's just tailored for the audience. If, you, if you're extreme about something which is good, then you, then you think you're doing the right thing by being extreme. If you're extreme about something which is bad, okay, so the question was good or bad. That brings us back to where we started. Yeah.